understand the good news of Jesus Christ, he redeemed you. He brought you back. He restored that relationship with God and restored that purpose of knowing God and walking with God. You were bought with a price. It's the idea that this life belongs to God, and I'm actually just the steward of it. What's a steward? Well, that's the person who is sort of look at the church in Corinth because the church in Corinth has a lot to say to us because they were a church that was struggling with some of these concepts. They were new Christians that were trying to figure out how to live out this life that God had given to them. The church in Corinth, and here's a little bit of background for you. That's actually a picture of Corinth, um, uh, of ancient Corinth. Um, it was started by the Apostle Paul um, on his uh, second missionary journey. Uh, the Apostle Paul started this book, church in Corinth. He was there for several years. Um, it was situated in a very unique spot uh, in Greece. Now, those of you guys can imagine the nation of Greece. Some of you guys don't know it too well. But perhaps there's the northern part of Greece, and then there's the Pel what's called the Peloponnesus. Those of you guys who are the history buffs know that there was the Peloponnesian Wars, right? Athens versus Sparta, and all the guys over here versus all the guys down here, and they fought it out. Well, Corinth was stuck kind of in the middle. Corinth was on what was called an isthmus, a little land bridge but that connected the north from the south. But it was also because it was a land bridge, a very narrow spot. So the sea trade would actually pass through Corinth as well. It was definitely a crossroads for people. So it had a variety of people who lived there and studied there and, and worshipped there. It had a variety of leaders. We see in the New Testament not only the Apostle Paul, but also various other leaders like Priscilla and Aquila or Apollos were there as teachers, as leaders. They struggled with all kinds of sins. That things that were, were base uh, sexuality types of sins, as well as issues about money, issues about conflict over who would be their leaders and who would be in charge. They questioned how to respond to their culture, which they were fully immersed in a Greek and Roman world. In the first chapter, we see some of these difficulties that the Romans uh, came up with. It was actually a conflict over leadership. A conflict over leadership. Now remember, this is a letter that the Apostle Paul is writing back to the Corinthians. And he says this in chapter 1. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Now wait, what just happened? Paul is sitting over uh, across the Aegean Sea. Uh, and he receives a letter uh, that has come from the Corinthians asking many theological questions. Asking questions about how to live. <clears throat> Somebody from Chloe's household, that's what it says. Who's Chloe's household? Well, he was one of the members in the church. Hey, Paul, you know what's really going on? I know this is what's in the letter, but you know what's really going on? People are quarreling. I mean, they're fighting with each other. They're mad. There's like factions. There's like divisions in the church. I can't believe it. This is what's really going on. Look at what it says in the next verse. What I mean is this, Paul says. He goes ahead and exposes it. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. And still another says, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. What was going on? You had different leaders in the church, and different ones had taken sides. I could see it here. 
There was the founding pastor, right? The founding leader. That was Paul. Paul the apostle. Paul who first brought him the, 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 the message of Jesus. And people were like, yeah, we are loyal to Paul. He's our God. He's our main teacher. We listen to him. Another were like, yeah, but that Apollos guy, he is a good speaker. He is well trained. He was an Alexandrian Jew. That means he was educated at the best school. He was trained in the best forms of speaking. He knew how to really communicate, teach the scripture, and teach God's word. We're going to be followers of Apollos. Some of them were like, see, this hand down. That's the Apostle Peter. He has the best stories. He could actually say, you know, one time I was at a campfire with Jesus. Oh, you know, one time I was with Jesus, and there was this dead girl, and he said, come to life, and she came to life. Oh, can I tell you about the time? Peter had all the best insights. He had all the best stories. He was right there. And some were like, more spiritually than the rest, and would say, I just follow Jesus. You, you always have one of the spiritual answers. Yeah. Some were answering that, like, you could see divisions in the church creeping out. I was, before attending here, I was part of a church called Grace Life, and I enjoyed that church a lot. We had a founding pastor, and you could see that a lot of people just really loved our founding pastor. He was a neat guy, and then he went off to be a missionary, but he still had a lot of influence. People were like, well, you know, we kind of want to make sure we're doing it the way our founding pastor did. Then they had this really charismatic, very good-looking, super speaker, uh, peaking pastor. <laughs> I'm not mentioning names. But you could see where some were like, well, we kind of like, you know, Pastor, <clears throat> or whatever his name was. And then there was a newer, younger guy. He was kind of earning some play. I remember we had to teach this particular passage. I said, guys, the same team. <laughs> I follow Paul. I follow Paulus. I follow Cephas. Paul writes back in chapter 3. He goes on for quite a while and talking about this and says this um, in, in verse 5 of chapter 3. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? They're only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. What was going on? Guys, you're showing your immaturity because you're developing factions, and, and they're not real factions. They're, they're just, you think you've got a favorite, but it's really the same team. It's really the same group. We're working together. And they had the same purpose. What was that same purpose? Well, we see that pick up in verse 9. For we are all co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field. You are God's building. We've been talking a lot about, as a church, that we are a disciple-making church. That we are a church that helps people grow in their knowledge of God, in transformation of their character, but also in ministry skills. That's one of the reasons I'm so thrilled that uh, Lutherville Music School comes over here and helps us lead in music, not only for our benefit. We get to enjoy it. We get to be elevated to God's presence. But they also get to learn. They get another opportunity to practice. That's disciple-making. We need to always be helping each other grow in the walk with God. It, it's not just about, well, you know, my favorite music leader is this person. Well, but who else is learning? But my favorite preacher is this. But who else is learning? But my favorite Bible study teacher is. But who else is growing in those gifts and those talents? As a church, we need to be a church that is constantly elevating, helping people have opportunity to learn and to practice and grow and to do. If we hold on to leadership positions, if we hold on to tasks that we particularly enjoy doing, we may be robbing others of those opportunities, of those abilities. 
So today, uh, we're going to look at how he points us towards building as a metaphor for us. Look what it says in verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid the foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is now building upon it. But each should build with care. But each should build with care. While we are that disciple-making church, while we are that group that is helping others flourish, we're building with care. What does it mean to build with care? Well, I think here's a couple things that, that I think are insights from this passage. Are you ready? Number one, if we're building a church with care, the first thing is you better have the right foundation. You better have the right foundation. Number two, if you're building a church with care, you need to utilize the right materials. And number three, you better do the job right. Now, where am I getting this information? Well, one, I feel like I've been helping grow as a disciple here under the Harold Tinsley School of Building Management. He's shaking his head, but he, Harold, this is not the right thing. Right here. Have a firm foundation, the right foundation. You better use the right materials, and you better do the job right. I think those are some of the key things that we're going to see in this passage. The Apostle Paul comes back to go, if you need to know how to like manage your building, maintain, grow, build correctly, do these three things. Look what he says in verse 14. The Apostle Paul says, For no one can lay any other foundation other than the one that is already laid. That's Jesus Christ. No one can lay any other foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. As a church, the foundation for us has to be the gospel of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ. God sent his one and only son to die for our sins. God sent his one and only son who rose from the dead. God sent his one and only son to not only be our Savior, but also our Thank you. 
don't do this without a purpose. I've got to have intentionality in the way I live. We're not just leaves blown here and there. If you're thinking, well, at this stage in my life, I'm just going to let my leaf blow around. I'm sort of done with living intentionally. Brothers and sisters, with our eyes on the prize, can't we say tomorrow, can't we say today, I want to spend this time in prayer. I'm going to give this for the glory of God for his people. I want to reach out to that person who, who, who needs a, a word of encouragement. Send that email. Make that phone call. Can't I do what God has for me to do today? Act with a purpose. And finally, monitor our progress. He says, no, I strike my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I, might not, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. I'm thinking for myself, boy, what a warning to me, perhaps a warning to you, that after we've told others about Jesus, could we somehow then live our lives not in honor to him? I can testify, that's absolutely the truth. We can be the hypocrites all day long, but it doesn't take long to read in in the words of Jesus to see his condemnation of that hypocrisy. Let's not be those who, who don't monitor ourselves, don't keep ourselves in check, don't hold ourselves accountable, and keep in accountability with one another. Let's be those who finish well. Finish well. We don't have a race necessarily to, to run physically. Maybe some of you guys are training for it. I'm not. Uh, maybe we don't have a big uh, performance that we're getting ready for. Some of you guys might have a performance. I do not. But we all stand before God. We're either in the book of life or we're out. But if we're in the book of life, if we said yes to Jesus, we too will have the opportunity to bring him more glory by the lives we've lived. How are you stewarding the life that God has given you? Today, the first question is, have you given your life to Jesus? Maybe some of you guys, you've heard this message again and again, but you know, I mean, it's in your heart today that God is moving, that, that you just know that he is calling you today. Today is your day that you want to decide to follow Jesus. We're going to sing that song together. The, the praise team is going to come back up, and, and they're going to lead us in the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Perhaps you're a member of that praise team. Perhaps you're uh, here visiting with us. Perhaps you've been here for years. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Or maybe you're a believer, that you've heard this message, but you know you haven't been living for Jesus. Maybe this week it hasn't been all for him, and maybe you just need to say, Lord, I do want to run with passion. I want my life to glorify your son. Let's pray together. Father, would you help us respond with open hearts, with a passion to know you. God, would you make your Son known through our lives. Let Him be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.